Welcome to Healing for Healers with Abby Wynn and Regina of the Land. And now a prayer. Father Sky, Grandmother Moon, please bless this healing space. I call on the four directions, the north, south, east and west, to hold us in the energy of love, compassion, beauty, healing, lightness and joy. I invite in the wisdom of the ancestors, angels, ascended masters and star beings to enrich our conversation, inspire us and use us as channels for light, love and healing. I call on Mother Earth, the star systems and all the planets to open the pathways so we may present to you the best, richest information. Have access to the highest vibration of healing energies. And offer what is most needed for those who need it right now. And so it is. And so it is. Well, hello everyone. This is Regina here and I'm doing the introductions this time. And I'm going to introduce my good pal, Abby. Hello, hello. And... Yeah, we just decided to do things a little bit differently, as in I did the introduction this time. So thank you for tuning in. And we are going to talk about the veils today. You came up with this topic, Abby. I did. Right. Do you want to talk more about it? About why I came up with it? Well, I've just been teaching three days, I said three evenings, online shamanic journey in class. And... um, when I start teaching this, I give a presentation about what is shamanism, what's a shamanic journey. And in it, there's a whole slide about the myths around shamanism and about the veils between the worlds becoming so thin now that you don't need to take any mind altering substances in order to journey. Because I think a lot of the fear that people have around shamanism is they're going to lose control of themselves, that they're going to have to take something like peyote or ayahuasca. And um, that can be quite harsh on the body in order to get that connection. You know, so when you say a shaman is someone who walks in two worlds, then I was thinking it would be fun for us to explore that and what it means to both of us in different ways. Because I, I honestly believe there's much more than just two worlds. I think there's many, many worlds. And <laughs> they're all I'm here. Dead. They're all here. And there's no veils. There's no wall. There's no block. And so if you were to be, let's say, an acolyte or an apprentice in training maybe 20 years ago, you might have had to have fasted, stayed up all night, sat in a tree, buried yourself in the earth to break down the wall between you and the veil and then to break down the veil itself. And again, you and I have all often texted each other over the years that we've known each other to say, yeah, it's difficult to connect into the guides today. Say, oh my gosh, it's so easy to connect into the guides today, you know, and to have each other, I think, as buddies to just say, is this the same for you today? And you're going, yeah, it's the same for me. And then you kind of feel you got that validation. And I don't think many people have that with, you know, veil buddies. (laughs) buddies. I'm sorry, as you say, veils, I'm thinking the dance of the seven veils. But uh... yeah, but then there can be seven veils between you and that. And I think, you know, what what I've figured out anyway, at this stage, 
The biggest block to connecting into the spirit world is the person themselves at this stage. Oh, I would agree with that. Totally. Yay. (laughs) We agree on something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of it. We have different ideas on things. Seriously. um, It is very much about the person. You know, you can connect in in the most. Um, okay, example being, I live in the city. There are, you know, there's a lot of interferences. You know, with cars, vehicles, noises. I don't need to be out on the land, sitting under a tree, cross-legged, to connect in. I can do it, you know, while crossing the road. Now, it's not advisable to do it while crossing the road. I was going to say that. Yeah, that's that's, that's like um, the shaman version of doing your phone as you're crossing the road. So you're just... Our the latest trend I've seen <laughs> while cycling and texting and while cycling, which we won't go to today. But um, but yes, it is very much the case of I know initially when we all start. Right. And we learn we have all these frameworks in place that we feel we have. Like I know when I was learning, I felt I had to be in a position. I had to be facing a direction. I needed X, Y, Z with me. And there was a whole ritual and routine for me to get into that zone. But like you say, if I was distracted or there was a lot going on or for what reason, I would find it hard to get into the zone. So it very much was when I say the zone, I'm referring to the veils and the worlds. But now it's a case of literally I can go visit one now just the second and I'm mm. still here and talking whilst in the beginning or back in my day or back in the day, you know, but a long I don't time even ago. think it's a case of of our confidence levels. I don't even think it's that because you and I could be very confident and Mm. there could be some planet conversions and some interfering energy. And we just have to say, okay, it's like knocking on a door. It won't open. So just go away and and wait until the door opens by itself and to just trust that. Exactly. But it's also, you know, it's also with some people who do you want a better word, are like forcing it, like as if they're constipated, like as if they're forcing it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it doesn't happen, what's wrong with me is what they yeah. think. You know, but and I love what you just said earlier about when you go to teachings and you have your structure and way of doing things that I believe most teachers, and I'm, you know, I might be taking a risk here, but I'm going to say it, most teachers are going from their protocols and structures and how they learned and not necessarily going by what's right in front of them in this present moment right now. Mm, Yeah, but look, our own practice has evolved and changed over the years. Like we've evolved, everybody evolves if they choose to do so along the way. So I think if somebody is, now I could be totally wrong, there are structures that are really important that are boundaries um, and I'm oh, not going absolutely. to go, you know, too, too deep. But we have to evolve and change the way we do things. Like I was saying, when I used to journey, I used to have to drum to journey. Now I don't. Mm. But that has involved its confidence as well. But it's also a familiarity and a learning that um, 
yeah, there are times when the drum is really important for me to do it. And I will drum and journey at the same time. However, I am mindful of my uh, neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> so my drumming would not be as enthusiastic, shall we say, as, you know, when I'm out on the land. But there are times that I do need that drumming to take me to a specific place. And there are times when I can just sit here in the because the place I actually record these podcasts is the place I would actually do most journeying. Mm. So it's a specific corner I have in my home and it's a corner that is very much connected with my shamanic work. And that for me is the comfort zone. So it's like when I sit here on this couch in this corner, I know it's time to do my shamanic work. And again, that's your conditioning. Yeah. First of all, conditioning the energy of that corner, say, so that it's ideal for what Mm -hmm. you want to use it for, but then also the conditioning of your mind where you say, okay, now I have my own permission to do it here. Yeah. And that actually reminds me of people who can't get to sleep at night and they go to bed and they're eating their crisps and they're watching movies on the laptop and they're on the phone and they're doing that. And it's like they haven't conditioned themselves to that extent to say, this is my bed and it's for sleeping and it's all I do is sleep in the bed. (laughs) Right. So so there's that as well. As it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, the biggest impediment to a journey is the person themselves and what their conditioning is, what their beliefs are, you know, and also fear. Also fear of what they might find and would be holding themselves back, not giving themselves permission. I'll tell you something that really was interesting mm-hmm. while I'm still 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 on a roll here. Go um, for it. All this love came in during the shamanic class, all of this lusciousness and beauty. And I said to them in the class, I said, you know, you have inner beauty. You are all beautiful and you've just forgotten. So we're going to do a journey to find our inner beauty. And before we could go, I had to do an energy clearing on them. We had to clear (laughs) the space. And then we looked at the intention, which was perfect. And everybody signed up 100% with the intention to go and find their inner beauty. But here is a really interesting part. I said, okay, now are you giving yourselves your full permission to go and see your inner beauty? And that's when the resistance came up because some of them were terrified. Ah. So there's your idea of yourself will be influenced if you go and see that you actually do have inner beauty. Hmm. That's going to change how you hold yourself in many different dimensions. And many of them didn't give themselves permission. So I said, okay, well, look, just come along and observe and see what you see. And you don't have to judge and you can take it light and you could be, you know, easy and fun with it. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to go and do the journey again or a clarification journey, or you want to go back you know, when you're feeling that you trusted a little bit more, then you could go back and do it again. And that's what some of them did. I just, I thought that was just a really fabulous intention and a really good illustration of how, you know, when you come back, well, I didn't see the answer and I didn't because you didn't give yourself your full permission to. So you get in the way of that. Yeah, well, it's a, as well as that, there's also the fact that some people are in their head and they can't believe that they can actually do this. Yes, that's very true. Yeah, so there is also that barrier as well. Because I've met people who, you know, um, 
for the want of a better word, they overthink things. And they're not as connected to the feeling aspect. Mm. And for them, the they have this perception that a journey is the equivalent of going in and watching like a 3D or five or 5D um, video, you know, where they get it in HD and they get the colors. And I'm saying, eh, eh. it's not like that at all. Everyone is different and nobody can tell somebody else what they're seeing or what they're experiencing. They have to experience it themselves. For some people, it can be visual. For some, it can be feelings. For me, when I'm in the journey space, uh, everything I experience is feeling wise. So I have to interpret those feelings. And this is where everybody's experience in the journey space is different. And they don't give themselves enough time or credit because they, there is a perception that they feel, oh, I sh- oh, this person got, you know, the equivalent of a, a sonnet, <laughs> you know, and I got one word. But there might be power in that one word where the other could be waffle. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's not the quality and quantity is not measurable in a way that we perceive here. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. No, you absolutely are. Um, when I, And again, I'm talking about me in the journey space and how I experienced the journey space. I experienced the journey space as an open vastness. And the feelings I get, I have to interpret and I have to be very careful how I interpret those feelings because there are times I've interpreted stuff and I'm going, Ah, Jesus, that sounds nuts. Like, ah, come on, I can't come back and say that to the client. Like, I'm sorry, that's that's off the wall. And I have to trust that what I have taken back from the journey space is actually true. And it is quite funny on occasions when I say, right, okay, this might sound a little bit out there, but uh, this is what came up. And this, oh, God, yeah, that makes sense because and then they fill me in on one key part that they forgot to tell me in the first place, yeah. which explains then what it is, you know, from the journey space. But I mean, what you've illustrated there really is a superb example of how you don't get in the way of what you see, hmm. because even though what you see doesn't make sense, you're not blocking it. You're not being that block. You're no. allowing it to unfold and then you bring it back, even though it makes no sense, because that's, that's, this is the thing, you see, everything is energy and it's not always for your brain. Exactly. And there are things that happen in the journey space that you can't even process here. You know, like when you come, there are times and I'll share this with you. There are times when I'm in the journey space that I am in such an exquisite world place. I don't want to come back. <laughs> and I don't have, a, you know, the most mind-altering substance I'd have is caffeine. <laughs> and there are times when I really have to focus on coming back because it's been such a beautiful experience. Yeah. And the freedom to be you in that other journey space and to come back into this earth plane at times can be challenging. And that is, that's fascinating. 
Sorry, I apologise. I I heard squeaks. Like somebody's tummy was rumbling. I think that was my tummy. Yeah, I've got a new <laughs> microphone, and it's not supposed to pick up things like that. Yeah. But you're talking about this beautiful, and my tummy's going, "Oh yeah," and it's going, "Ah, oh. yeah." It's, it's like when you start doing healing, the first thing you hear is the tummy going. So yeah, it's very. <laughs> but then you take the risk, don't you? You know, when you want to go, you want to see. You want to connect into those other worlds, go through that veil. Um, there is healing there. There's great healing. But you might have to look at something that's uncomfortable or difficult in order to get to the side of the healing first. Yeah, so, sometimes realistically, we just have to get out of our own way. This is really interesting because it's leading me into the other side, which is um, when they come through. <laughs> the veil to you oh yeah so like when you're you're refusing to go and do your healing or to look at something it's like you know you know those stories where pe things go wrong in people's lives and they just get up and keep going and then something else goes wrong and they get up and keep going and it ends up that they end up having a car crash and nearly dying and then they're really faced with looking at what's going on in their lives you know it's like these are the examples of how much power there is a little nudge. No, she didn't get it this time. Another little nudge. No, no, she didn't get it this time. With a bigger nudge and a bigger nudge until you pay attention. <laughs> so, <laughs> I believe that that's, that's them talking to us through the veils. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is. And uh, would you like a story about that? I'm just oh, thinking. yeah, we would. Definitely. <laughs> I'm just thinking down my own head of an example. Uh, now, this is, um, this is really early on in me awakening to my skill set. And I was terrified of a lot of this stuff because of my conditioning and programming growing up. Yes. And I was, I was really afraid of mediums. Really afraid of them. And because, you know, they were dark and again, it's perception. So I was at this event and it was one of these, what I would consider amazingly light and fluffy and loving events. And Don't tell me again, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm there, um, I decide I want to go and have a reading. Now, this is before I realized that I can actually do all of this stuff myself, right? But this is me playing at it. Mm. Well, you're testing the waters. Yeah. And in fairness, you know, we all we all have to start somewhere. So I, there was this lady and I thought, wow, God, I, I like her energy. Yeah, I'll uh, organize a reading with her. And it was so funny that day uh, I went to her house for the reading and I had just decided that day to buy this really interesting pair of sandals that looked actually like gladiator type sandals. OK. OK. And it was really funny. And I uh, uh, knocked on her door and I had the sandals and a lovely, you know, summer outfit. And she opened the door and she looked at me. And she said, wow, that's an amazing Egyptian guide you have with you. <laughs> and I go, oh, what this in my head? I'm going, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what this is about. And uh, she said, come on in. And uh, I said, what do you mean, Egyptian guide? Oh, what do you mean? So she starts to describe the Egyptian. Oh, and he's wearing sandals just like the ones you've got. 
go, oh, all right, okay. So did you genuinely feel scared or yes. were you excited? I'm scared. Okay. Because initially this was not what I had perceived, what I thought I had chosen. But it got even funnier because she had a variety of tools and uh, she starts asking me questions before, you you know, we're, we get into it. And she was asking me about um, my grandfather, uh, my father's father. And as I just said, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Didn't get on with him. All right. Well, he's here now. The one you didn't want to really talk to show yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's it always the way. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted to talk. Uh, like I was, I, that wasn't what I was there. I wasn't there to connect to other people. No, 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 no. That wasn't what you thought you were there for. Exactly. And, uh, and then the lady realized my absolute, you know, consternation with what was happening. And she said, well, you do realize I'm in medium. I went, no. <laughs> and it actually ended up then I said, well, I came for, you know, just a reading, a card reading. And uh, she said, oh, no, but I am actually medium. And she started. And with that, actually, she was the bridge, which actually removed the scariness that I had because I got over it by the first thing saying, oh, well, you know, your father's father's here. And uh, I didn't know that he was here. And I said, no, I didn't really get on with him. So well, he's she said, well, he's here now and has a message for you. And I was like, oh, right, OK. And it actually transpired that that was very relevant. So it made me actually realize that there was a lot of stuff going on at that time in my life that I hadn't actually read the signs for. I love how you called her a bridge. Yeah, and she because was. sometimes that would, that's what you need. Yeah, you know, and you need somebody to take you over the bridge, tell you that it's okay, and yeah. bring you back again. Exactly. And for <laughs> me, you know, that was my first official, for the want of a better word, introduction to the other world, and realizing that it wasn't scary. That you know, the message this uh, my grandfather had for me was very apt and was really relevant, and I was able to share it with whoever that message was for, you know, um, a while later in a beautiful moment. So that that for me was the bridge that actually removed the fear of the other world. Now, in fairness, during many aspects of training and different things I did through through the years, yes, fear came up. I'm not stupid um, because some of the stuff, you know, would challenge you and as uh, some of the deep work I do really does challenge you. So, but you have to start somewhere. So for me, that was my start, my introduction to the veils and realizing that they were actually there. Mm. Uh, I had had one or two experiences, but I'd sort of blocked them out. And I had sort of shut down my abilities because I was told, you know, which at the time, was, oh, you're ill. If you see things, oh, there's something wrong. You're ill, you're this, you're that. So um, I didn't. I it's didn't amazing, isn't it? How it. much conditioning there is to stop you from your natural gifts and talents. Exactly. And this is why, you know, you have to take into account the program. And, in, and I mean the programming that people have. And 
it took me a while to actually, you know, embrace who I am and to be so comfortable in those worlds. And it's who I am now. I'm not hiding it. It is very clearly who I am. Yeah. Can and I tell I'm, a story too? Oh, please. <laughs> this is an exchange. Go for it. You're talking there. Yeah. I'm finding this really interesting. You're talking there about how scared you were. And then how suddenly then you weren't scared when you met the woman and you had that engaged, you know, interaction with her. And I'm still scared of one type of connection. And I'm feeling the fear because it's a fear I want to get over right now. Oh. And as you were talking, I was tracking the fear because I don't want to be afraid. And And it goes back to a healing session that I had with a good friend of mine who has died. Mm -hmm. And uh, he kept saying to me, why are you running away from the Galactic Federation? They really want to meet you. They really, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You're meant to be working with them. And I'm like, I didn't even know that I was doing that. (laughs) And he said, no, 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 you you, you know. And um, I'm doing it again at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I know some aspect of me is just kind of putting it off and putting it off and putting it off because once I let it in and once I embrace it and once I step into that, there's going to be another upgrade and there's going to be more work to do. (laughs) And it could just be a question of me not feeling prepared enough. I don't know. I think it's, I'm about to break through it. Anyway, the Galactic Federation came to me after that session with my healer I said, okay, I've got to do this. Obviously, it's part of who I am and needs to happen. They came to me in my house and their presence was so strong and the energy frequency was tangible. They were standing right in front of me. It was like being next to this massive generating tower. I passed out on the floor. I actually literally passed out and I banged my head. Wow. So then they backed off a little bit, said, okay, obviously, you know, we have to find an intermediary. So they had an intermediary. And then I worked on upgrading my my own self, my energy, so that I could hear them better. So they weren't going to wipe me out. So I was going through all this process when a friend of mine from America, who's a medium, was coming over to Ireland. And I said to you, let's go and see him. So oh, we went to yes. go and see him. And we were sitting down in the audience to go and see him. And my Galactic Federation guide, the main guide, came in. And it's like I could hear him in my head so loud. There was no veils at all. Talking, 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 talking. And he's telling me all this amazing stuff. And I'm saying, well, how do I know this is true? Meanwhile, my friend was there. We were saying the prayer, invoking the light, getting the audience ready. In mid-conversation, you know, because you have that silence, moment of silence where everybody's just connecting in and he's ready to connect into the audience. I swear to God, my guide who was talking mid-conversation stepped into the medium. He turned and he looked at me and continued the conversation verbatim from what was happening, in which it was I thought was in my head and it wasn't. Mm. And he, he was in shock, my friend, because he's like, this never happens. I don't speak to guides. I'm here to speak to people, yeah. loved ones who are dead. And why is this guide here? And he said, this is, but this is very strong and clear. And he's telling me all these things. So I send a message to my guide. I said, okay, you're real. I yeah. see it now. You know, I totally get it. I knew you were real, but this is huge validation. Can you leave my friend alone? Because <laughs> you're really freaking <laughs> So then he just stepped away and, and it was like, okay, now I can, I can get on with the, the, you know, with what I'm here to do. And it was just stunning. And then I just felt him leave and my whole body was reverberating. I was shaking. 
And I think I told you what happened mm. then soon after that, but it was really the most powerful. There's no doubt in my mind, you know, but then you doubt your mind. Did of I hear it properly? Do. You know, is it so, you know, you waver, you, 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 you. so that that's the thing. That's the thing that you can have these big, massive experiences where they're really validating and then you can go for years with nothing and you might only have one or two in your lifetime like that. Be going out asking for them. I'm not asking for them, but I'm just saying it can be. It's it's very extraordinary, and there's no doubt in your mind. But then your mind starts to play tricks on you again with your conditioning. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But that's uh, that's normal because that's called also discernment. Yes, because I remember there was a client. And uh, he kept telling me of all the messages he was getting. And um, he was like, oh, oh, it's from spirit, it's from spirit, it's from spirit. <laughs> Sorry. And I went, yeah, which spirit? Is it Jemison or Vodka? <laughs> <laughs> because, oh you know, it was a case of... Just hear be- what you want to hear. Yeah, but it was also, how do you know that it isn't something uh, uh, messing with you, which is the other aspect of it. Just because it's from the other world, you know, doesn't mean to say it's all enlightened and all empowering. That's one of my, um, that really came up very strongly for me before teaching this class because I have like 40, 50 people mm. and we're all going to meet spirit guides and I need to make sure that there isn't going to be some messer showing up pretending <laughs> yeah. and getting into the group energy and doing damage. So I had to do a lot of work to prepare for the class. I didn't realize how tiring it was going to be. <laughs> I was sleeping all day and teaching in the evenings. Yeah. But it was really, really worth it because I think so many people got so many skills out of it. Mm. But you have to be discerning. And, you know, and I said it to them. It's like you go to a party. There's a room full of people there. You don't start taking your clothes off and dancing with everybody, you know, and you certainly don't need to know the details of everybody. You know, start with one one person in the party and say hello and I get to know them and know you you know you're it's it's like you don't use spirit guides you don't use angels you meet them you talk to them you become friends with them and they're there to help you and you can ask them for help and you can't meet a whole room full of people at at once you're not going to meet all the angels today you know to to slow down and take your time And and to build you need to build a rapport Building trust. Yeah. How do I know you are who you say you are? Well, I mean, how do you know anybody is who they say they are? So you have to build up that trust mm. relationship. And recognize the energy and recognize how, how it makes you feel. Um, Absolutely. And then when you have a few good trusted angels around you, for example, then I could go to my angels and say, this guide from the Galactic Federation is really freaking me out. Is he who he says he is? And they go, yes, he is. And you just have to be patient because it's a mm. process. And you go, okay, well, I trust that. Instead of them saying, no, he actually isn't, we're just, we'll just get rid of him and you're never going to see him again. And we'll block the door, we'll be the bouncers to keep him out. Yeah, and there are, there are energies who can, you know, mess with things. Oh, absolutely. And they, they love to pretend they are what they're not. Yeah. That's why my guys in the class thought I was very funny when I said, right, and I'm calling in my heavy duty angels and they've got machine guns. <laughs> 
And they thought, I've never heard of an angel with a machine gun. I said, yep, my angels have machine guns and they're surrounding us and they're taking care of us and they're pointing outward so that nobody is getting in. And the energy was so powerful then because everybody relaxed to the extent where they allowed themselves to do the work. It was superb. Yeah, It really, really was. Uh, That visual doesn't sit with me, but that's, you know what I mean? Well, you see, some people like the flaming sword. It's similar. Oh, right. Okay. Good analogy. Just another visual interpretation of protection because that's what some of them do. And again, that brings me to there are times when different guides come in when I'm working with somebody and I've never met them because they're from a different culture, different background to me. Yes. And I that's one of the most beautiful gifts when they come through, because I wouldn't normally meet them as part of my daily work. Yes, yes. But when they come in, oh, that's really beautiful. And it's lovely to meet them. And it's happened It's happened a few times because, again, it's the trust when you do it that, you know, different beings come in from different cultures. Um with different people, like you're meeting, yeah. you know, like if you went to a meeting and in, in real life. Yeah. And yeah. here's my friend and colleague from wherever, and now they know you now, then they can come to see you as well. Exactly. And it's, it is so beautiful to meet them because they come with names that I've never heard of. And um, the reason why I say this is because particularly with guides and, you know, in the veils, too many people have a perception of, oh, it's a bit like, uh, you know, when sometimes they meet a spirit guide, oh, it has to be like a lion or a tiger. It has to be, you know, one of these big macho, you know, uh, or, 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 you know, it has to be this, that, and the other. I and got they, a snail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I got a mouse. What's that about? Yeah. You know, um, and each of them have qualities. That, you know, they could be in your life for a period and then move on. And I've met people who are absolutely horrified to find out what their spirit animal was. And again, I'm laughing and say, you don't realize this. These qualities are the qualities you need to incorporate at this moment in time into your life. Absolutely. And again, this is where working with the veils, it's what comes through. And for some people, they like working with animals. For some people, it's angels. For some people, it's uh, it's other guides. And it all depends on where you're at and what your culture is and what you can connect to. So it's about helping people to connect to what's relevant to them. And you know what I love about that, too, is when that does happen, when you're open and an angel steps in and tells you their name and you're not sure who it is or a different animal mm appears for somebody and then you go online and look it up and see what's the spiritual qualities of this being and they're exactly what's needed yeah and they're very fitting and very appropriate and again that's that's the veil speaking you know to you the 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 energies are right here saying yeah well you know we're just as as accomplished and just as you know (laughs) as you are yeah, uh, we know what's going on. We're not stupid either, <laughs> you know. And that brings me back to the nudges, you know, little nudge, little nudge, little, you know, bigger nudge, bigger nudge, and then thinking, yeah, well, who's the stupid one? No, I actually was reading somewhere which I thought was very interesting. 
that they know their person. So let's say there's an angel who wants to connect with a specific person, that they know how many nudges it's going to take before that person will recognize that they're there. And then they can factor in how long it's going to take to get a message through so that they start nudging that person. Let's say it's going to take somebody a year to get an important message. So they so they know when to start nudging somebody then and, and so that they get the message when they need to hear the message, which I thought was really interesting. Did I explain that well enough? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, my head has gone somewhere different. Um, You're not listening. <laughs> well, that, because sometimes that's what happens to see. I yeah, went to another no, world right kidding. there. Um, but no, it's just more about the, the timelines. Um, yeah, but you see, they can move back and forward in time, yeah. and and our physical bodies can't, even though our I think our you know our spiritual yeah. essence can. But yeah. it can also be us. You see, I have this great belief that all of these beings of light are actually us, and we know ourselves better than we know ourselves. So to go to our higher self, our higher self could be the one that sends the mouse or the snail mm-hmm. as a power yeah. animal to say, "Slow down, look at what's on the ground, take the opportunities where they may." you know, that kind of thing. And and being nice and gentle and kind to us. I heard somebody actually saying recently that the beings of light, the Galactic Federation and the cosmic, our cosmic friends are actually us as well, more advanced or even less advanced. It's difficult to know, you know, what really happened, what the truth is. But the reason why they're also interested in us is because they are us. And they want to help. We want to well, help ourselves. We are, made, we are made from stardust. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I think I think it's fascinating. So maybe that will alleviate my fear of say, okay, well, actually, the guy, little guy in a spaceship, who I, you know, I'm so scared to be, is actually is me. So what am I afraid of? Mm. So that's that's the way. So maybe somebody who's listening to this will find that very helpful. Yeah, that they could think that way as well. And also to accept that there are people who come into our lives as bridges who yes. help us get to uh, get us over a hump, for the want of a better word, to the other side of the stream so that we then are in a better place to hear. Like the person who I thought I was having a basic reading with and a uh, card reading and ended up being a medium and passing all these information. I'm to just going to point out there that if you had said no, this isn't what I wanted and left, then you would have missed all of that. So for people who are listening to realize that the bridge isn't always what they expect, that they don't always get what they want and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know. And for me, it actually worked as, oh, wow. Okay. This isn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Exactly. You know, and for me, that was the case that I could step up and start accepting these experiences and realize that, you know, from the veil, there were these messages coming in. And yeah, there are times it's not one of my chosen. It's not one of the gifts that I like to use very often, the mediumship, because as far as I'm concerned, there's many other things shamanically that, I, you know, use my skill sets better. But there are occasions where I do get messages uh, where spirit uses me to pass messages on. And they're usually for people who know me. And will actually trust what's coming in. And it could be just something really short, really small, pass the message on and that's it. End of story. And I can di- uh, I can disappear again. Mm-hmm. But it's also to accept that it never happens in the way that you, you expect it to happen. 
And it'll never happen when you, particularly with the mediumship with me, it's always, you know, a time sensitive issue uh, when it happens. And I remember one time I was actually, again, we, we talk about fear. I was in a corporate setting. And um, I got this message very loud and clear for one person who was who was there. And it was funny enough about an animal. And I was thinking, oh, my God, this person is really going to think I'm nuts if I woke up and <laughs> tell them. This. And, you know, they are really going to write me off. They are really going to do that. And it just wouldn't go. It, it was nudging on you and pushing on you. Oh, it? it was annoying the hell out of me. Right. And I said, right, OK, well, look, if you want this message to come through, organize that I can actually talk to this person one on one in a way that they will actually accept this. So it just so happened that an opportunity arose during the coffee break to have a chat with this person and to um, realize that they were a little bit more open than I thought they were going to be. And then I uh, had the opportunity to pass on the message and it was well received and it was very apt. And uh, that was it. And then, you know, bye bye. Our paths haven't crossed in five years. But it's just beautiful example, though, of how someone who's receptive, say like you or like me, is is brought into someone else's life story. Mm-hmm. To possibly be the beginnings of a bridge or to be the bridge yeah. without you even knowing it and to realize, you know, that our souls signed up for this and it was your time to be on and then it wasn't <laughs> anymore. And then they go off, they go off with that yeah. and they go, wow. And then they, you know, and you don't know where it's going to bring them. And it's just beautiful. It really is. Yeah. And that's it is, you know, the veils are different for different people and different experiences. So I don't know if we've confused you today. I think it's great. And I'm just going to plug my course while we're here because it's available on Abby's Online Academy as a replay. So anybody who's interested in trying a shamanic journey and um, can take it at their own pace now because it's called Shamanic Journey Intensive. But because you get to press stop whenever you've had enough, it's not that intensive anymore. (laughs) And yeah, just if you wanted to try it, it's there. I don't usually do this, but it just felt pertinent. Maybe it's going to be a great bridge. For somebody. Exactly. And you never know till you try these things. And like we've all tried so many different. You know, we um, we all find things to help us on our journey. So may the people who will benefit from Abby's Bridge find it. Yes, absolutely. And I loved, I'm just going to enhance what you said there when you're sitting there in that corporate environment and you say okay I'll pass on the message if you create the situation where it's possible for me to do this one-to-one where you know and and I thought yeah well people need to hear that too Mm -hmm. that you do have you can't ask for these things yeah yeah you know just because you've got the message doesn't mean to say that you absolutely excuse me excuse me I'm going to interrupt this meeting now (laughs) I've done that too, but that's the whole Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But we say that the next time. (laughs) That's like my guy jumping in 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 front of an entire audience to continue talking to me through the mouth of the presenter. And that gave me such a shock. It's like, no, don't do that. (laughs) 
that's the validation. You know, there are times we ask for signs for validation and it's okay to ask for those signs for validation. But I don't, think it's important to ask. That's yeah. a really good way to, to leave everybody in, yeah. in this particular episode. Well, I open, so I let you close. Well, thanks, Regina, for that, because I think the flow is great. There's loads of information there and um, lots for people to think about and pick over in their minds and opportunities to just close your eyes and listen and ask yourself, you know, what's my fear? Am I blocking myself from connecting to the spirit world? And maybe to just leave you with um, the idea that the middle world is where we live, that you don't have to go to a lower world or an upper world in order to connect. It's all right here. And you can start to ask, show me, Mm. show me, this is real. Show me a sign. It could be something as simple as Robin outside on the tree well i usually find um to show me you know show me it three times to be sure to be sure to be sure (laughs) 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 and i think on that we will leave it and uh, until next time and thank you so much for listening to this point this is regina of the land and and abby saying goodbye slowenagaspanik If there's anything in this podcast that triggered you, upset you, or stimulated you to want to know more, if you've got questions, or if you have anything at all that you'd like Regina and I to cover on the show, please write to us. The email is healingforhealerspodcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time.